Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? Yes, people, it's Wally here again, and welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. Wow, this episode was one that I enjoyed very much recording. Um, I'm looking forward to such episode for a very long time to talk to an emerging artist with a creative ambition. And I think, you know, this was one episode that you can tell from the episode, Toby and I really enjoyed it. And we caught up with our friend, an old friend, David. David, David goes by his stage name, Dave Creates. And David is an emerging artist, an upcoming artist, and a very, very good one at that. And we're curious about the life of an emerging artist and, you know, what aspects of that can be challenging. You know, we want to understand the personality behind the individual. We want to understand what orients one towards a career in, in his case, music. And if so, how does he experience, you know, himself in that pursuit? And how does he experience himself by balancing the economic realities as well of such creative ambitions and boy oh boy did we go across all kinds of conversation in this you know david is a wonderful dude and you can tell from the episode that he's really really down to earth we kind of covered his journey through spoken word all the way to music we spoke about the creative tension you know balancing balancing the economic realities of trying to chase you know this career in music while while trying to live a life sustainably as well and that was also very interesting to unpick but of course, we dove deep and deep into the heart of a man, into the heart of us men by talking about what stresses and issues of concern um, has he faced in his journey in terms of mental health, in terms of um, progress inpatient, in terms of all sorts of things, pressure. And I'm sure this episode is one that you'd love to hear. And finally, we spoke about his new, new album titled Amor. Now, this should already be, already be out by now or out imminently. The link is in the bio. Please click the link to listen to the album. And that album, boy oh boy, did I enjoy. I'm not just saying that because it came on the podcast, but I listened to it for the first first few times. And when it began to sink and I realized this album is one ahead, ahead of its time. And honestly, like big ups to David for, for, for what he's done. That album is very, 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 very good. And it's one in which I hope you guys will also enjoy and of course, we spoke about this album and covered the journey about the album, the story behind it, and lots more. I'm going to wrap it up here just so that I don't bore you guys too much, but jump into the episode and I hope you enjoy. If you want to listen to the music, click in the link below. But for the next one hour, stay tuned to the podcast ahead. Thank you. But yeah, bless, bro. Um, thanks for coming on, on the podcast. Really appreciate it. I'm good to see you. I think this is the first time we're actually, we're actually going to speak for a lengthy period of time well yeah, very yeah. relatively lengthy uh-huh. i think we spoke one time for quite a bit at ehb after fellowship mm-hmm. um we're talking about your exams i believe but i think that was as lengthy as it was it was a kind of normal uni, uni students kind of conversation yeah in the evening alpha exams and exams are killing me <laughs> of course are killing me how is yours man bro that kind of that kind of conversation <laughs> oh i remember i remember like all our interactions um, that I often had with you was 
was was one through you doing spoken word for, for um as always um but also like people's um people's mentions of yourself um back 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 then and um, but i guess I, I guess i just like start with this um when i reached out to you about the podcast um because i've been doing this thing where i asked all the guests and um, lately um so like when like when we chat to you about the, about the podcast like what were your initial thoughts yeah and what do you just think about the podcast as well yeah well first and foremost thank you for having me on i'm very honored to be with you guys for real. <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> yeah i remember when you asked me and it's funny i remember listening to you guys i think i first listened to the podcast during pandemic i think it was during mm-hmm. like the first early pandemic um our friend yemi um yems was on an episode i think it was about like relationship um okay. and i listened to that i was like yo i love just the angle of you guys just having like a general conversation um and it was almost just like listening into what you guys were saying but having the different perspectives and stuff so yeah when you asked me about it like i love conversation and just being able to talk about things in depth or whatever so i saw it as another opportunity to do that as well and it's yeah. nice that i've heard you guys before so i kind of have a sense of just what the vibe is like as well mm. um yeah Nice, 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 nice. That's good, man. That's good. Yeah, Yemi was a regular attendee on our podcast for, for a minute. <laughs> Until you started asking to be paid. I'm, I'm, like, oh. <laughs> I'm joking. She didn't ask to be paid. She did. She's nice as always. Um, but yeah, I think just going back to how I began the conversation about um, your journey to music. And I think I'll, I'll save the album talk for probably later in the episode. Cool. Um, but and Tim and I were very curious about the this journey as an imagined artist because I mentioned like we I don't know if every dude or yeah, every young like person has, has this phase. <laughs> even, as, if as, as, once, as, even if it's just once. Even if it's just once. Exactly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And yeah. and and Toby and I, so our story is Toby and I did some music thing back in the day. But I said Toby was obviously more talented and much, much more extensive <laughs> in it than I was. Yeah. Um so at some point, Toby used to start making beats and footy loops. And then we had another friend, Tosin, who used to rap as well. Okay. And then Tosin was, Tosin was a de- decent rapper, I guess, for our age mm-hmm. and probably still is. Yeah. Uh, um, but I mean, I was just like, this dude just, I was just friends by convenience. I mean, I was, I was artists by convenience because yeah. I'm friends with them. And Skinny I tried guns. to join in. And then we... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my name was Skinny Guns. Oh my Yo, god! Uh, that's so crazy. I, I, I think I, I think that I think that was even my Twitter wow. Twitter handle one time. Yeah, at some point. Jesus yeah. Christ! Oh, yeah. yeah, bro, the dark dark ages. <laughs> and then we used to then record. We used to record in. I think we did a couple of recordings in my yeah. house as well. Hmm. And I remember like I, I remember doing one 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 rap kind of song it was Miss rapping to Ara and Primo's Ara bear that song. Like a remix, mm-hmm. I, I just thought, oh my god, this is hard. <laughs> like, the, first of all, the lyrics on, on paper that's step one. Yeah, but actually mm-hmm. delivering it on the mic, mm-hmm. like this is hard, yeah. right? <laughs> and then I just realized that yeah, this is not my, <laughs> this is not my <laughs> thing. Um, I think, Girl. and I'll just stick to DJing. Rather, I'll just find a new way to path into music, mm-hmm. which is just DJing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. and so I picked up DJing as my music okay. hobby, um, from, from that point on. And, and and Toby just obviously kept making beats. And yeah, I think you still make beats because Toby made out beats for our podcast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so so still pretty pretty quite conversant mm-hmm. with um yeah. with beat making and stuff. That's cool. But I mean, 
I guess my point of saying is like we definitely had a music interest because we love music yeah. as as consumers, mm-hmm. right? And in in that pursuit of music interest, although short term, we recognize the difficulty and the creativity that that takes. Yeah, and which is why from that point on, whenever I met any emerging upcoming artists, whatever you want to use or the Grammy people use, yeah. I always like had like mad respect mm. because that grind is yeah. is deep so again i guess let's let's explore the depth of that grind today but i guess as we start like just how did you go from spoken word to m- making music and probably just start by like when how did you learn spoken word in the first place and, and how did you start <laughs> that's that? a good question so for myself it's funny i actually started off rapping first ah mm-hmm. similar to you guys i remember there was that TV show, Let It Shine, on Disney Channel. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. me and my siblings yeah. and my friends watched that and we got so gassed. And we started doing like rap battles with each other and just like <laughs> writing and stuff. I remember going to like Tesco and buying like a little notepad and called it my yeah, rhyme, yeah, my yeah. rhyme book. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'll just be Do you right. still have that? I have it. I still have it. I still have it in my house somewhere. So, and it's, it's dead. The bars are dead. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would just start writing. I would start writing stuff just for fun. Like nothing serious. Just like, oh, if I was rapping against this person, what would I say? Um, and I would just, that just continued. Um, I didn't think much of it. I just enjoyed it. I think at, at school, I did like English, like create, creative writing, but mm. it wasn't anything I thought I'd do. I was doing football back then. So I was focusing on ball. Um, but as I got older through college, I just started writing notes on my phone, just like lyrics here and there. Um, and then at church, me and my friend had opportunities to like do like a rap performance of stuff we'd learned at Sunday school kind of thing. So we did that. Um, and again, it was just fun. It was something I just enjoyed to do. Nothing too serious. Um, but around, I think, going to university, there was an artist, George the Poet, and he's like a spoken word artist, but he also had a lot of background in like music and rap. Ah, I, I think I've yeah. heard him before. He's very, very like talented guy, and I remember hearing what some of his stuff, and it was just connected with it instantly. It felt very much like rap, but it didn't have any beat in it. For some of his stuff, it was just literally like a cappella. Um, and from there, I was like, okay, let me try doing this. So I took some, just basically my rap songs, and I just started to say perform at open mics without the beat, just almost a cappella with my verses. Um, but because I was always been quite intentional with like how I mm. write stuff and. Um, attention to detail with lyrics they translated well so I was able to kind of do spoken word nights and even perform at like our youth group events at uni up in Loughborough um, basically approaching it as just writing raps but without the music yeah. that's it just delivering it in a more slower way just paying attention to the mm. words so I can't say I got into spoken word intentionally but um, I kind of pivoted from rap into that and eventually pivoted back out of that into rap music again so yeah I I I I didn't guess that. I, I thought it was the spoken word first, and then mm. the rap second. Because I think I think you're probably the first guy that I heard do spoken word. Actually, that I yeah. that I actually probably heard and appreciated spoken word. Wow. Mm. Because I think from my background of like living in IB and stuff, I I, I whenever I heard someone say something without any music, a cappella, and it's just like words. Yeah, it's not like a rap insta. I just think of poetry, mm. and poetry always. I think Toby, I don't know about you, but poetry mm. in 
when we were younger, there was always like you either hit or you miss. <laughs> but if, if you miss, if you miss, like we never ever liked you. Yeah. Because I think there was just that like. You have to just be good yeah, at poetry. Yeah. Yeah, just be cringe. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it, 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 it's zero to hundred. Like that's the mm-hmm. thing about spoken word. It's either really good or it's cringe worthy because mm-hmm. obviously it's you're trying to make it. It's not the way you talk normally, right? Because there's a lot of intonation, yeah. inflections, and things like that. That's and so it. if you're doing that deliberately and it's not coming off, like if yeah. it's not hitting, you just mm-hmm. seem like a very weird person on stage. Like, <laughs> see, on in, in church, whenever like anyone is about to deliver a spoken word, like I'm always just like on the edge because I'm like, I hope this person does well because it will just be, yeah, yeah, as in because. And then, you know, when you see them getting into their flow, you're like, okay, 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 this person mm-hmm. is getting there, it's getting there, getting mm-hmm. there, yeah. Um, but curious question, though, like, have you guys thought about, like, when spoken word became a thing? Because I mm-hmm. almost feel like it's a very, I don't know, I won't say new generational kind of thing, but mm. I don't know. Like, if all of a sudden, like, everywhere you look, there was kind of, like, motivational videos and they always had this yeah. kind of like spoken word vibe to it and then mm-hmm. you know people will now start to do it a lot more often and usually among like the black american communities is what you see i think yeah you get a lot of that vibe there um yeah. but i'm just wondering like you know for david like sorry yeah just wondering did you ever think about that or what's your, what's your knowledge of the history yeah so i don't have an extensive knowledge but one thing things i do know that played a part i think like death jam poetry um in the states mm. um that, that I'm, I'm pretty sure like kind of at least for me viewing it it made poetry look cool because up until mm. then like it was just like Shakespeare yeah. at school and respect mm. to Shakespeare and all of that you know there's, <laughs> there's some great art there but I think to me being a black guy growing up in the UK like that's not mm. it's not always connecting so having like Def Jam mm. poetry and even like um in the church side of things I think it's P4CM like people like Jackie Hill Perry and uh, mm. Preston Perry like that movement of poetry with like deep rooted in faith and how you can have art that's mm. like spreading the gospel but it's in such a meticulous artistic way mm. i think that and the christian mm. side of things open people up to like okay there's other expressions that aren't just this... like kirk franklin style music i love kirk but it's like mm. here's another mm. way of conveying truth so i think those things i guess again they're more from them from america and there's other other things in the UK that played a part too but I know those things like growing up seeing some bits of that Mm. and then you start to see people respond more with more poetry here um, in certain ways I think that helped as well yeah. yeah, no, I think you're right because um, when I was watching the Jesus documentary Kanye West documentary Mm -hmm. and then I I watched I watched the recording with the J do you guys know the Never Let Me Down song with Jay-Z and J.I.V. Um, but there's a song from the album Late Registration, I believe. Okay. Um, never, never let me down. Mm-hmm. And then there's a verse that was just spoken word. Mm-hmm. And like, and like, and like, everyone thought it was crazy. Like, why would you bring? It was new, like to bring a spoken word. This was 2004 or five, there yeah. about. Mm-hmm. And he brought, and the guy just did. But I, even me, I'd heard the song many times before, and yeah. I liked that part. Yeah. But I'd heard it obviously more recently. But I think when I watched the documentary, I realized that actually at that point, it was still sounding crazy yeah. to the mainstream guy that putting a spoken word artist mm. in a studio to mm. perform with a beat. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, I think I think it's probably very very difficult as well because it's also a cappella. Yeah. Right, and it's like you're bare naked. Your words are naked. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. 
But can I say that's what I love about spoken word poetry and how as much as I love music and love instrumentation and how much that's a whole nother energy and vibe that it brings. But just being stripped back to the words, you have to mm. be intentional because, you know, a lot of music today is just vibe. And, I, and I'm mm-hmm. here for that. I love vibe. But it's like <laughs> when you take away the beat, it's like some people want to say nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you yeah. can really tell yeah. a lyricist or even a, a poet from how they're able to like convey mm. not just words, but can make you feel something with just just words and then how they express it or even certain artists maybe aren't as dramatic but their Mm. words cut to a whole new Mm. level and i think Mm. just being exposed to that made me realize that wow words are indeed powerful and we we always know that words are powerful right but when you're in like a uh just like i say a spoken word event or an open mic and just the room is just captivated by someone's performance you really realize how wow there's something powerful about spoken word poetry so Always gonna have love and respect mm-hmm. for that art form. I know, hundred percent, bro. I agree. I think um, to be, if you know SJ as well, she's trying to spoke yeah, word yeah, now. Yeah, Sarah James. Um, um, on 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 Instagram. Yeah. Um, but your your um, attention to like, because I know you mentioned a few times, and you said you're quite intentional with your words and attention to detail with yeah, when you're yeah. writing. Is that like just part of yourself, or like was it, were, you, were you inspired by some artists or? Mm. It's a good question. I sometimes ponder on that, especially like for me, I'm, I lean more to like chill, relaxed kind of music when it comes to like beats and stuff. I can definitely see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think chill pop. They are so very, very good, good chill songs. Like, I'm not gonna, like we'll get into that later, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, cheers, bro. I think part of that is my temperament. I'm a very chill person. And I think as much as I love high energy music and stuff, generally I just mm. prefer like chill stuff. But even with like lyrical content, Growing up, I didn't listen to a lot of hip-hop, to be honest. Um, more like gospel. I had a phase of listening to like a lot of Christian rock music. <laughs> you know, I was just into that. So, yeah. but I, I was still here like on the radio, like Eminem, Lose Yourself, or like Jay-Z, um, kind of a lot of the popular songs, like Dizzy Rascal, um, mm. which obviously, I think growing up in that time, lyrics were more of a thing. Like, artists yes. were respected oh by their god. lyricism. Oh my god. You know I what I mean? So days. I miss <laughs> Like, like, like you. I, I agree that vibe is great, and mm-hmm. you know, I like the vibe. But I just sometimes I, I make playlists, and yeah. I'm making playlists, and I realize everything is just about the beat. I'm not really yeah. feeling anything. Like Kobam's just released like a teaser for something he's working on, mm-hmm. and that guy's pen game is on another level, right? Yeah. And you could tell the difference. But anyways, let me let you continue. Just want to say, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> good. To me. I, I agree with what you're saying, and it's like I feel like maybe that had an impact. But also, I just do feel like internally, maybe that's how God wired me. Like, I just love, like, like with love languages, words affirmation is one of, like, my top love, la- love languages. Just, like, mm-hmm. the way I listen to words, it's, like, I'm more sensitive to that. So I think when it came to writing, I always wanted to pay attention to that. But again, coming back to the whole Let It Shine uh, film, that was really about, like, battle rap. And I think that was probably my early exposure to creativity. One of my early exposures to, like, writing was battle rap. Because that is really about how can you say like the wittiest funniest skillful lines mm. you know what i'm saying so coming from that mm. background um learning about um yeah just how to put in like puns and wordplay also kind of get the audience to react a certain way i think all of those things help me to understand how to write in, in a particular style so when it came mm. to going to spoken word i think that was already there because i was understanding about how to like kind of get a reaction from an audience but then still give you a truth in there as well that will stick with you so i think those early experiences kind of helped to form my you know aptitude for writing and being specific as a lyricist 
right? Mm. So like just a bit of me being nosy. What are your other love languages for? Manu, almost drops water. Let me choke out here. Wow. I don't, don't choke, bro. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I came out of nowhere, bro. Oh, I'm like, screaming. I can't lie. I think my top two is like words of affirmation and then physical touch as well. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah. What about you guys? What's your love language? Thank you for <laughs> asking. No, you go first. I'll go last. You go first. <laughs> <laughs> it's not anything. Just I don't know. You just, you just go first. I, I think mine is definitely um, physical touch as well. And, and then mm-hmm. next I think to acts acts of service. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but, so my, but the acts of service for me are not like I always say this, but it's not like. Big motherly things. acts of service. Okay, how do you mean? Can you use the fact? Can you define that? <laughs> oh, we're gonna go into a tantrum right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, no, there's, there's, there's some, there's some acts of service that are like a motherly, and some are like partnery. Okay, okay. And I think okay. I guess different from me is one just feels much more maternal care for you kind of thing mm-hmm. one is more and i'm not saying that they are mutually exclusive that like they can both they can both mm-hmm. be probably but but and that and that part is one just feels more building up and and like shifting while giving you a level of independence I do think so much, bro. Yeah, let's not. I told you go and let's move on. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so mine is physical touch and quality time. Uh, but they used to like they switch quite often because I take the test. I I won't say regularly, but usually take it maybe once every like two years or so. So it used to be physical touch and quality time. Now it's quality time than physical touch. So yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, like we've all got one in common. So. Yeah, um, yeah. I wonder if that's a general thing. Across. I think it's, I think it's like it's kind of like a guy thing, honestly. I feel I I feel like most guys have physical touch in there, like mostly. yeah, yeah. Anyways, but <laughs> but but moving on, David. Like, so when was the first time you made a track, like wow. proper recording? Made a track first, first. Part if you're not including like voice notes, you know the ones you get your phone <laughs> and you start doing like. Um, I remember like my dad had a Mac computer because he did like uh, editing like video and photography and that mm. and I, would, I remember i got up like garage band nice. um i didn't have a mic so i had to literally like record like next to the computer <laughs> and you could hear like the fan of stuff like in the room like always, random sound always, it was always. so bad literally um yeah i think i made like a spoken word um which i actually released funny enough it was like my probably my first proper recording it wasn't even like a properly like good audio I put it mm. on SoundCloud and then I like, got a really good response. Um, like Premier Radio ended up finding it some way, somehow. Really? And then wow. they like hit me up to do like an interview and a studio session with them. So like <laughs> that was that was crazy. And it kind of showed me how like the whole thing about using the little that you have and God can really take that. Mm. Um, and even the piece itself, I would perform it in different places and, you know, people really were encouraged by it. So even though I had to take it down from SoundCloud, I'm like, this colleague's not there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, a, it's always a reminder for me about like humble beginnings and just at the time, just doing what I could. I didn't have a lot, but I was like, let me just use what I have. And it helped me mm. to get to, to the next place. So, yeah. And this is more of like a very technical question, but on the technical side, what's, what's, what's the difference between a spoken word and a normal rap? For me, I would say... Oh, so rap is it's about like 
say verses and bars so musically speaking you say you have like typically 16 bars in a verse so you have to kind of stay within that structure within that um, almost limitation i think when it comes to like music and, and rap there are limitations because of beats and bars with spoken word there's literally no limit you can say as much as you like within a certain space um i think that's the main difference because you can't i would partly we want to say it's about having a beat but you can have people do spoken word over beats but the difference is they don't stick within the lines of like one yeah. two three four two two three four they're just like it just spills over so i feel like it's very it's a great area but i would say generally you just don't stick to like the restrictions of uh, that's yeah. interesting because like i think before today i've just said it was absence of absence of um a beat mm. well i just mm. think because that kind of kind of more to that yeah right toby what do you think honestly I, I don't consume a lot of spoken word to to be honest um but i i can tell when like a rapper is focused on trying to um break away from the structure a bit it's why i like john bellion sometimes so oh, i love oh, yeah I love John <laughs> yeah exactly so you can see like you know sometimes with the lyrics and sometimes the beat is not even the focus it's just there too because okay yes i'm going to mm-hmm. put a song on apple music and the way mm-hmm. the lyrics just go that's really what carries the song um mm-hmm. and so yeah so i think that's kind of like with spoken word um I don't know because I want to say like sometimes they're trying to tell a story and things like that but with some kind of rap as well there's a story being told that it actually just connects um but obviously like I think with spoken word sometimes it's less about like the the rhymes isn't what carries it through a lot of times like sometimes Mm -hmm. it's just the connection of words the relation and things like that but again some rap is like that as well so I don't like it's it's hard to really like draw this like fine line between both of them I don't think we have to um mm. they're they're two different mediums that can sync up to with each other at some points but yeah yeah i agree yeah i agree so let's talk about the name dave creates <laughs> what's the story behind that yeah so when i came up with a name i wanted a name that kind of represented who i was like as, as david also like my creative journey and process and again i listened to people like george the poet there was people like tyler the creator and i like how they had their name but also a bit about what they did Mm. Um, I had some drafts, some that I would never see that day. Was, <laughs> oh my gosh! No, no, you ain't hearing none of that. You ain't hearing that. <laughs> nope. Um, but Dave creates is really just about like it's it's my journey as a creative. So it's like come with me as Dave creates. Um, it's something that's happening in the present. It's ongoing. Mm. Um, I didn't want to just limit it to like Dave raps because I do more than rap. Um, mm. sing a bit. I do photography. I want to get into film a lot more as well. So I wanted a name that would kind of encompass all of that. Not just, not just at the time of, of uni when I was just doing spoken word and rap. I wanted it to give me space. And not to say that your name would always limit you if it's just like Dave Sings. But it's like I knew I wanted to do more and I wanted a name that reflected that. Um, so, yeah, that's the, that's the end of it. Nice, nice. Okay, so let's, let's, let's move a bit towards this, um, this part of what I, I find very, very interesting and i'm curious about which is this creative tension um i think as an artist and i think you've already mentioned that a, a little bit where as an artist particularly if you're upcoming and emerging yeah and if you're a pure artist who genuinely loves the art form mm-hmm. i think there's always points that you get to where you have to you know stick to this you know devotion to the arts and you're torn away by you know, the idea of still trying to be entrepreneurial with the arts as well. Mm. You know, I think there might be something be that discrepancy between your artistic aspirations and, you know, the 
the desire to also get some maybe monetary value from that. Yeah. So I guess I'll start by asking like, do you think that you have to choose between either where you have to be an artist where you're fully bohemian, where mm. you're like so so to the um, artistic cause, yeah. or you have to pursue art for the purpose or for the intention to create some revenue from it? Mm. Do you think you can merge both? And how do you see yourself in that tension? Yeah, this whole thing of tension is something I've been discussing with my close people them for, for mm. some recent time so it's a very relevant topic i believe ultimately we all create for different reasons um even if someone's not a quote-unquote like define themselves as a rapper or a producer people still like to write stuff journal stuff you know play music have have jam sessions and in those instances you're creating uh, i believe at the heart of it creating is is a time where we can just express ourselves so in in that sense it's like we can all be creatives to some degree now in terms of like making money from it that's a whole other conversation um we live in a world where things are a lot more commercialized especially like with social media you can commercialize a lot of things and music is something which i feel like benefit has benefited from that which is great a lot of people can become artists now um on like a full-time uh, level um but then uh, to get to that stage now there's a lot of different obstacles Parts of it is like trends in music. Some people's music that they like to make is very popular. So it's easier to become um, like say full time with that. Mm. Other people could have just the same amount of work ethic, but their sound isn't as in. So you have to take another route perhaps to get to that stage where you can make as much money. Mm. I'm kind of in that phase as well of like, so I work, I have a full time job and I still do music on as, along with that. Um, I do make money from music, but not enough to like fully support myself at the moment. So over the years it's been a back and forth of like doing music just solely working part-time job or working a full-time job um, and still getting to that place where uh, God's grace one day I can just do music um, but I've seen that some people are able to kind of make that jump and do music full-time and there are other different factors in terms of what's right and wrong I don't think there's a right and wrong I think it comes down to ultimately what does God want to do with your life but on a personal level is what is success to you for some people to just make a song and put it out on Instagram is success and they enjoy that. Mm-hmm. And then if that's, if that's what you want, that's fine. Like create and let, let that be for you what it is. Other people, it's like they need to be signed to a label. Mm-hmm. Again, that's, that's what their dream is. I don't think there's a right and wrong. Like even for me, I want to do music. If I could do music every day, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's the dream. But I also like photography. But my photography, like I have a private Instagram account. I don't i'm not trying to blow up with my photography <laughs> i just like doing that for me and it's like that's success so even with just different art forms we can have different levels of what success is so i think as long as we're strategic though um understanding what the game is especially if you want to get into like say label conversations and i've worked out some labels so i've understood to a degree the graph looks slightly different there's certain things you need to appeal to at times and I think just being aware of that is probably the the biggest key. Mm. So if anyone wanted to create, I think the key is just knowing what you're getting yourself into and ask yourself, are you willing to play according <laughs> to those rules? Because all of this stuff is a game, right? Social media is a game. Yeah. Podcasting, to a, not to sound like mm. too plain with it, but there's certain rules to these games and you have to ask yourself, if you want to achieve a certain level of success, you have to do certain things. And now obviously God is sovereign, not to say that, that yeah. things can't happen outside of that, but... I think having a good awareness of the scene is is important. So yeah, I don't think there's a right and wrong, but if you can make your money, man, make your money. <laughs> but as long as as long as you're enjoying it, I think it comes down to like 
again expressing yourself and being true mm. to who you are and if you're selling out on that i think that's where the issue is because a lot of people out there we know are making serious money but they're not reflecting themselves or what they believe in and i think that's the issue yeah so it's about finding that alignment of doing what you believe in creatively and still being able to if you want to make income make income and that's where yeah. the tension is so i'm still figuring that out i don't <laughs> know the answer but yeah that's my thoughts yeah 100 i think i think first of all i'm sure toby loves your answer because <laughs> um what you said is something similar to what he's spoken about on the podcast many times although in different contexts mm. beyond music but yeah i'm sure toby loves your answer i'll let him comment in a bit but just to say like I think your final, your final statement of something you're still figuring out is 100% valid because, like, for this podcast, I, I did a lot of reading around. Um, so when I read things, I tend to go to, like, research first before I go to mm-hmm. the practitioner grade literature. And I, I did yeah. see a lot of research around the um, young artists and the precarious lives of these tensions and, you know, at some point, it's always a case of something's got to give that they feel something's mm-hmm. got to give. Yeah. And again, it's a, it's a game where not everybody wins in the way the, the game wins in the way a win should look like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 I've all seen these TV shows and movies where they show artists who begin a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then because of money or success or what mm-hmm. liberal demands, they have to shift. Mm-hmm. You know, never movies, we've seen real life actually yeah. of, of, of <laughs> this as well. So we don't have to go too far into Hollywood. Yeah. Um, but Toby, let me let you comment on what David's response. Like you said, completely agree with everything. I think that idea of identifying the game and you know defining if you want to play it or not. I think what I was just going to add to that was I don't know if it's a trend or thing, but obviously when we're talking about rapping in secondary school. I don't think the idea was very commercially driven per se, right? Mm. Versus now when people, and not to cast as persons on anyone, but I feel like mm-hmm. right now people starting things, there's always an idea behind it of, oh, this could be my big break or, yeah. or something, mm. right? So it almost feels weird that, you know, creativity and everything is now sort of like very more intertwined with this idea of commercialization and things like that. And mm. I, I don't know. I, I, I won't say I like to think of myself as a purist or anything, but that's, I think any that side of things is what I'm still like, as David even probably said as well, still trying to balance as well. Cause even with, mm. as David was talking, I was trying to relate it to what we're building Wally as well with the podcast. I think it's the same kind of conversation. Like, okay, there are probably things that we can do. Um, let's even just start from the things that we talk about and the twist that we give on things. It's not mainstream. Right. And so obviously mm. it's not going to appeal to a lot of people. Right. Um, yeah, we, we've said this thing about, you know, a lot of people have told us they like our podcast, but they're not going to listen to it every day because we deep things too much. Like life is already hard <laughs> enough. I just, want to, I, I just want to listen to something, banter and things like that. And banter is not bad. It's not wrong. Mm, but mm. it's just that, okay, so if, if we say we want this podcast to be popular and that's what people are asking for, what does that mean for us? Do we then change mm. what we feel is our art form and what we want to, the way we want to deliver mm. things to appeal to that secondary thing um right so it's it's again i I don't think we figured out the answer yet i think one one thing i tend to do is to some people might call it burying my head in the sand but i don't know 
So whenever it comes to all of these things, I'm like, you mm. know what? If I don't know the answer, I just keep what I what is clear to me and what I like mm. to do. I'll yeah. just continue doing that. And I think, yeah. like you said, there's a place of sovereignty and things like that where you know God is going to bless what you've put your hand your hands on and you know the things that you've worked on. And I think I always just create space for that and just be yeah. ready for when the opportunity presents itself, as opposed to like chasing stuff. But is that the right yeah. answer? Um, who knows? Mm. But yeah, that's good. But even just to jump on that, I think. There's that, again, the word tension of how mm. when you have listeners or fans who you kind of now creating, not just for yourself, but for them. Mm. And I don't think that's it. Like, if you're going to do music as a hobby, then yeah, make what you like. But if you're making music now to put out, people are consuming that. You have to be mindful to an extent of the audience. Mm. So there's a balance of like staying true to your artistic goal of mm. creating something. But knowing that if you do want to now make bread from it, you, there's a, some way you have to kind of, allow other things to contribute to that but then i have friends who, who would say i've heard say like you shouldn't always do what the audience wanting to do you should stick to your guns and i think you just have to have balance sometimes it's important to just like do what you like and don't think about other people but at the same time you also need to have a space of being very aware of the space because if you want to survive especially long term mm. you have to be willing to move the times like you just you just have to mm. um so it's a hard balance because Sometimes I know even me, I've, I've made songs which I still love to this day, but I made it with an intention of like, okay, let me make a song that I feel that leans more to what I think the audience would like. And it's, I've done songs which has, has worked and it's maybe become more popular, but it's not my favorite song. And it's times <laughs> I feel like, damn, did I sell out on what I <laughs> think is my pure vision of art? Yeah. But it's like, not necessarily, maybe you're just playing, not playing the game. That sounds a bit too whatever, but it's mm. like, you're being considerate. But then again, to what, to what line is, are you now selling out? Like, mm -hmm. So I have to, I'm still figuring out. And it's not as it feels weird. It's like, I just want to do what I like. But yeah. if you want to like survive, you've got to think differently. So. Yeah. It's a very hard balance because you even see like even the biggest artists, whether it's mm -hmm. your Kendricks or your, they always still have an, a song on their album that's just for the clubs yep. in quotes. Yeah. You know, because yep. no matter how deep the album is, they just say, okay, just put one jump. <laughs> Want to jump for the gents for the barber shop and the rest can be deep and it's good to go. Yeah. Just because they have to just give that. And I think it's 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 a balance that even those who have been there for years, 50 years are still struggling with. Um, I think maybe maybe just maybe like someone like Adele, very, very niche. Yeah. No exception. Yeah, that can just which puts on an album every what like four years or something. So there's yeah. I wish just like I think everybody also knows yeah what she's coming yeah. with but even with that i feel like it's because she's creating an audience or she has she's tapped in into an audience that syncs perfectly with what her, she wants to create so i think mm. with a lot of us it's almost sometimes being willing to like stick to your niche to find that your audience, audience yeah. that you're actually meant for but again some styles of music or don't have that exactly don't have you that know what i'm saying it's, it's a lot harder to find <laughs> yeah so it's like are you do you have the resources to like stick with it for that long some people do have yeah. it and they're able to do that. Others don't. You have to kind of like find a middle ground. But yeah, someone like Adele is very interesting how yeah. she could yeah. do that. And yeah. it's like, you know what I mean? So in terms of like motivation, this might be a deep question, but mm -hmm. do you experience like having a calling or devotion to pursue yeah. music or creative? I do. And... It's interesting because I wouldn't say I always had that with music. Again, like I thought when I was younger, I'm going to play for Arsenal. I'm going to be a footballer. <laughs> I'm going to be getting them goals. Like that was, that was really the focus. That was really the, the dream. Um, and, you know, I still, I still love football. 
Um, but I really thought that was going to be it, or at least some sort of sport. Like, I did athletics as well, so I thought that would maybe be the thing. Um, so music, when I, and again, I started playing drums at church from a young age. Like, I've always been in and around music. But when it was when I was at uni and I saw how, okay, God's given me a gift in this area. I'm able to cultivate this gift. It's blessing people, and I, and I enjoy it. Um, and I remember just praying, like, you know, just for more understanding about what I can do with this gift. And I felt, okay, I can actually do this, like, you know, maybe full-time or at least do it more seriously. But um, I think just understanding the Bible and understanding God and that he's given us gifts to serve other people. And that there's not just one thing we're made to do on this planet. There's, like, several things that we can do. Mm. And I think, not that I didn't say I woke up and I had, like, a rang on the wall, like, you must be a rapper. Like, it wasn't <laughs> like that. But I found that as I've grown in Christ and I've understood just how God works and how he's given us stuff to do. And it's just sometimes it's a thing of just being wise with your talents and your time and your resources and ultimately being a steward of what God has given you. Um, the scripture in 1 Peter 4, verse 10, about using what you've, what you've got for the good of others as well. So just having that and even people around me give me that encouragement, I think it kind of gave me more, quote unquote, for calling or that sense of calling mm. but it was over time it was just like an instant thing mm. um and i think that's helped guide me continuously even to now where i'm still going not just because i like it obviously i love music but i feel there's a deeper reason why i'm doing what i'm doing mm. um and realizing more and more how it's a god-given gift that i not i've always had an affinity for music but to see how i think god is deep in that i know that wasn't just me i feel like god is really like just birthed more even more perseverance because as you guys would know having a sort of platform is hard like to be consistent in it is very hard mm. um so even perseverance i see that as a god-given gift which for me just points to again like there's a there's a deep reason why i do this so mm. yeah mm. that motivates me mad mad but yeah i think um david um, what i said is quite interesting um because it makes me then think does that then help you separate yourself from like like as, a, as an artist, there's all these like economic, mm. moral, political mm. purposes of doing your artistic endeavors. Does that then help you separate yourself from Ooh. perhaps the mainstream? I'll be honest, that's a really good question. I don't know. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Mm. I think as a human being, comparison is real. So I've been seeing <laughs> things, I've been seeing other people, and I'm like, oh, I wish I was me, I wish I was there. And even though I have a deep sense of like purpose for this outside of myself and for Christ, but it's like it's easy to just get caught up in how like even seeing myself as an artist first over being a son of God, I feel like that's something I continuously wrestle with, like identity and knowing that I'm more than what I create. So these things I've I found can have just like a deep a deeper effect on how I see myself so it's still a challenge even that just having to like divide myself from the art because I think the world especially when things are going well and people are like really bigging you up mm. it's easy to want to wear that again I like using superhero analogies it's easy to wear that super suit like yeah this is me I'm 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 that guy but I remember there's like there's that scene in one of the Spider-Man films where like um Iron Man asked Peter like who you who you about the suit something along those lines and it's like mm -hmm. Peter got to this stage where he just saw himself as Spider-Man and it's like you have to look at yourself deeper than your gifts and your talents like if you can't do that then when things go wrong it's gonna be a lot of a harder hit and I've definitely felt those moments so I'm still trying to understand myself more as just an artist 
or a creative these things are great but they're just tools they're not they're not me mm. so but it's mm. an ongoing battle i'd say no i'm glad you mentioned that because i think one of the things i want to talk about as well is the uh well perhaps the stressors of concern issues of concern because as we i mean when to be and i make this podcast the origins began organically and um, mm. we didn't plan it it yeah. was far from planned it just happened to be one instagram live turned down instagram live yeah. turned down one and then a podcast and then there were some audiences and then there's some audiences mm. some more topics and some more guests and blah here we are come on so but i think in doing that like as we're growing even though even though it was all organic even though it was not planned I think we still experience times where we almost like just be trying to grow and compare with others in a way and, you know, trying to figure out are we delivering value or, you know, trying to just make it good quality. But as we're doing that, we're also hoping that like, like, like there's some, some, the people listening are getting value from it because, Mm -hmm. because we don't get paid to do a podcast in any way. Mm -hmm. And we haven't getting people like you for free to come and talk to us without <laughs> without without giving you any cash in return. So again, that's also a blessing to us. But the point is, like, surely as as somebody doing pursuing something artistic, as on the grand gravity at which you are doing it, there have there have to be some issues or stressors of concern. And I think the first thing I want to ask is, how do you do you ever have self doubt, and how do you deal with that? Yeah, I say it a, a lot. More so recently, I'll be honest. I think. In previous years, it was quite, like, relatively calm to move forward creating. It's still a lot of challenges being an artist, especially out of uni. In uni, there's almost like a safety bubble of, like, yeah. you're just living life. Everything's calm. Mm. You know there's going to be life coming soon, but it's, like, relatively, you get student loan if you do get it every couple months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're, you're all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then when that loan stops coming in, <laughs> and life. you have to start fending for yourself. <laughs> Um, I think those pressures I think have found me leading to self doubt, like being being an adult, um, wanting to like have my own independence as well, and it makes you question yourself. Like for me, the biggest thing is like me asking myself, why am I still doing music? Like as much as I love it, but it's like you know I got friends earning really really good money on certain jobs, mm-hmm. and I'm like, right, if I'd chosen a different path, maybe I would have been a lot more comfortable financially. So these things play in my mind a lot, to be honest. So, but again, it comes back to knowing that I'm not just doing this for the sake of doing it. Like I'm doing it for a deeper reason, and knowing that God has given us all different, as it were, paths in life. Um, certain things are out of our control, but things that are in our control, we can decide to do them. So me being here is like it's a choice. At the same time, it's a choice that I believe God has like helped me to make, but it doesn't make it easier. Some days it's very much like easy to convince myself that I'm doing the wrong thing or that I need to just, you know, get a real job, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm I'm still working, it's it's a thing of thinking that like maybe I need to like be like my colleagues and like just, you know, finish work and just chill. And you know what I'm saying? But it's yeah. like I realize that perhaps my life is gonna be different because of what God has given me to do. And it's not gonna be the same as other people. Um and again just that just leading me more to like spend time with God where I can and like allow him to fill me with more of that perspective but it's hard again especially the last year i think i'm 26 now so moving past the 25 bracket <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying like you see 30 on the horizon and you're like bro i gotta fix up so uh, yeah, again i'm not so like i'm gonna fix up no you know what i mean but even like i'm not like i'm doing bad in life i think a lot of it's just like i thought i would be further than where i was mm-hmm. when i was younger 
And I do feel like for me, a lot of my peers, we have the similar feeling of like, life is moving too fast and we're falling behind. But realistically, things will work out, but we have to just stop trying to rush and just allow things to take their place. But that is easier said than done. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's hard. No, 100%. I think I'm glad you were honest about that because, you know, that fear of a comparison because mm-hmm. yeah, it's the people you came into the world with in mm-hmm. terms of school, university, same milestones, yeah. naturally compare. And you wonder what alternative paths would have looked like for yourself. Yeah. I think Toby and I also have to struggle with this as well. Toby, Toby used to work and he became an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. pursued a different path. You know, yeah. I chose to do a PhD, which was three, four years of not making money. Um, mm. Although, yeah, like it's, 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 it's very hard. I think mm. one of the things that make it even more difficult is the fact that you can never be sure of, like the future is always where the answer lies, but you're mm. just hoping on that future to tell you the story, yeah. but you, you can't have it now. Yep. It's, you have to just wait it out and hope mm. and have that faith. Yeah. You know, and, and the faith can bring faith faith can be good on some days, but on some some of that days like this where your self doubt shipping in, maybe you got some rejection, it's like uh what one is is this is this is is is, is, is this going anywhere, you mm. know? Yeah, long as we got dirty and team up with you till we beam up, tell me why should we stop? Yeah, why should we stop flowing when we know what we got? Yeah. And then I think another part that makes you also makes you curious is what of like criticism from like your peers and maybe even personal criticism as well. Do you, yeah, and how do you deal with that? Because sometimes, like, when I'm when particularly when I'm working during my PhD, mm. I think one of the ones I used to deal with was personal criticism. Like, mm. I wouldn't, I would always be hard on myself. Like, yeah, the things that the mistakes you make, you're like times three harder, harder on yourself. Yeah. The, thing, yeah. the, the things that, that you succeed at, you don't, you, you, you don't give yourself times three of the joy. That's it. That's you know? It. So it's like, it's just that self-criticism that just keeps hitting yourself. But how is yours mm. like? Does that, does that play out the same way? It's literally the same, I feel. Like, I'm very much like, sometimes I think Drake said it's about screaming your failures and whispering your accomplishments. Like, mm. that's mm. definitely for me a lot of the time. Like, if I do something wrong, like, I'm just going to be thinking about how can I do that differently? Why did I do that? I should have known better. Mm. And I want to do something right. I'm very much like, okay, cool. Keep it moving. Um, <laughs> and I was even just praying the other, like, I think today or yesterday and just being convicted about, I need to like celebrate my wins a lot more. Because I think the reason why it's easy to remember our losses sometimes because we like almost celebrate it. We like give it a platform and we really give yeah. it a stage. And it's like, by all means, like notice the L and like take notice of it. Cool. But like we shouldn't be giving it way more energy than our than our W's because it's like you're gonna then be miserable to a degree because it's like you're not celebrating the success. So I've been my way of counteracting that is just doing a lot more journaling and just every day writing things that made me feel happy and like made me feel smart, like made me feel joyful. Mm-hmm. And that's been a way of just remembering like God's goodness throughout the days, even creatively um, hitting milestones and just just trying to celebrate it like mm, I don't mm, know mm. buy some chocolate or something just do something <laughs> small just to like just to mark the occasion yeah because I feel like if I just let it go by I'm just gonna forget it and then I'll focus on the thing that I could have improved and even the whole thing about improvement like I've always been someone who wants to achieve excellence and grow but there is a negative side of it if we're always focusing on growth and we never look at how far we've actually come we're just gonna continue picking at ourselves about oh look this could be better this could be better 
And you need to do that, but if you don't give that space to just at least sit in what you've done well, it's, it just becomes a cycle of like, why am I doing this? So I've learned to slow down my life, slow down my creative process, mm. to just be more present where I am today and notice the wins. And that's helping me become a lot more like, okay, now God has actually done a thing. Like I've improved or I've, I've, I'm making an impact. May not be all that I thought I would achieve, but it's something. Mm. So I'm I'm turning a corner on that, but there's still a long way to go. So how yeah. how about like a personal question? How about like family pressure? Mm-hmm. Do you get that? I think I got it more. To be honest, probably around uni when I when I was like kind of clear with my parents that I wanted to do music properly. At first, like they were very much like they saw it, but they were still like, "You need to do something for real, for real." Like. You know what I'm saying? I think at one point I wanted to drop out of uni and they were like, uh-uh, that ain't gonna happen. Um, so that was definitely hard because I feel like I took it personally, like, oh, you don't want me to succeed. That's what it felt like. Uh, but obviously I know that like, they were just saying what was best for like, you know what I'm saying, general future and, and planning life. But now they're definitely more understanding and more supportive. I wouldn't say they like, like um, see it as much as I see it because I feel like with anyone with a dream, like very few people can see it the way that you see it. So there's still that is that wherever it's not always there but they're way more <clears throat> supportive now for sure and it helps i feel like when you have your family back in it especially my siblings have always been like, yeah. really supportive as well so that helps but but even i think the tension can help you to sometimes dig deeper and be like all right am i really doing this for mm. real for real and just you see god on another level and it helps to like bring a bit of clarity but um yeah things have definitely improved over yeah. the years no that's good to hear i think because we know, like, particularly from also African backgrounds as well, it's, it's our parents, it's hard for them to see this creative pursuits as, as a career or, it, or a thing that you want to do for real, for real, after, yeah. particularly after you've gone to university. And I think that pressure that adds maybe from parents, siblings, or whatever, could also add to the pressure that would maybe hamper your creative endeavors as well. Because you're thinking, oh, I gotta make it for them, you know, and then you mm. just maybe you're having that also like a, an impatience with your progress at the same time, mm. yeah. you know, because like, cause I, cause I feel that sometimes, cause like when I was trying to write them, write up my thesis, like I'll, mm. I'll, I'll speak to my mom and my dad, and and I'm talking about PhD, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, so when are you gonna be done? I'm everything. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be done like X Y next next month, and then, and the next mm. month, the next month comes, there's a delay. Like mm. oh so so are you done yet? And you're like no, I I think I need like a few like two months again. They're like oh, yeah, two months mm. again, that yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. But obviously, like they want to support you. Like okay, like you know, you know, God got you, etc., etc., etc. But mm. you can just sense it. Like like they just yeah. want you to, to 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 get out there and 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 look and get into what they perceive as the markers mm. of a grown up life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so it's it's hard. It's hard. And in doing that, sometimes like you can easily turn to 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 vices as a consequence of pressure. I think mm, a lot a lot a lot yeah. of people do that. Um, mm. I don't know. I I I want to say I don't know if you've found any vices, but have you found yourself in top positions where you like you've tempted to turn to vices like because you're just under too much pressure? Yeah, for me, thankfully, I haven't. Not not anything externally, but I feel like it's been more of an internal thing, which is still not great. Like again, just being more self-contained. And like just mulling, mulling on stuff and like not opening up for mm. me. And I've, I wouldn't say I've had like depression, thank God, but I've definitely been in places where it's like 
not by, not myself and in the kind of darker places and like struggling to just open up and be honest with people um i think for me that's kind of been something i've had to be more mindful of as i've kind of matured of like not allow myself to be isolated like emotionally or i don't know i think i find out easily like put up a front like you know pretend i'm cool i'm calm but it's like no indeed that i'm not so i feel like that would be something that was like almost a coping mechanism of just becoming more internal internalizing things and too introspective because there's space for introspection and i'm definitely a deep thinker but when you allow it to become i guess an idol where you just literally focus on yourself like that that's a dangerous place to be i feel so that's something which again i'm even to this day i've had to like learn about like sleeping patterns and like eating the right kind of foods and that's oh, wow. which I've that deep myself to just yeah because i've i noticed in myself i don't eat certain things consistently and i don't sleep well consistently it affects how i think and it affects how mm. i see the world and and you know when you hit a certain point you don't want to go back to that certain point so yeah as much as i'm not great at stuff like getting good sleep i know like to put things in place at least to a degree to ensure that i don't go you know to like a bad place mentally so i guess for me i've not necessarily had like crazy episodes of anything but at least relative to myself i'm learning to like take better care of myself so so that i don't go to like a really bad place so Mm. I thank God that I've not reached that, but where I've reached, I don't want to go back there. So I'm trying my best. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. No. No. I. I. I mean, I'm glad you said. That. I think that was a very good self-aware self-aware point to make. Um, because I think for you, to, if you get to a point where you can notice the little things that shape or that help or hamper your mood or your feelings, your emotional state, I think that's very very impressive and absolutely. I'm glad you're you're honest about it because. It can be hard for us guys, particularly, to talk about the fact that I mean, mm. we're, we're going through it, and yeah, yeah, and it's also hard because I think also as an artist as well, like mm-hmm. you're in a singular position because nobody will get all the things that you're dealing with. But also, it's hard mm. for you to also explain some things yeah. that may seem like ordinary to the ordinary person, mm. in quote. And that also makes the life of an artist also being harder because mm. some people also say, well, you know. Um, just do this, just do that, just do this, just do that. Or just you know, just wait it out, or don't worry mm. to be fine. But there's always layers of complexity behind these yeah. treasures. And I mm. think the key point in this, me just pointing this out, is just like to say like the journey, the journey, the journey is beyond what you produce. The journey is also mm. how you recover and come out mm. of the the down the down days that are guaranteed. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. that guaranteed. Um, but you mentioned winds earlier, so let's go on to the winds now. Okay. Um, big winds coming up. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest win so far, so good is your new album. Yeah. Um, titled Amore. Um, bef- before I go on to it, let me let Toby actually give his impressions about the album. First of all, thank you for sending us the album. Um, I had a, I had a time. I, I, f- I feel really special. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like me. I was like me. Like oh my god, I got a link. Hey, I got a go. link. Like, no, honestly, it was actually nice when you, when you sent me. I felt because I remember, like, I was I was coming from football in Brighton, and and, and then I saw the, mm-hmm. the text. I was like, so I was like, okay, a link, and I, and and I just played it on, on, on my, my friend's car on the radio. I, yeah. I was bumping into the first track. It was nice. So, but yeah, I was. Let me, let me hold my comments. Um, Toby, what were your first impressions about um the yeah. album, and 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 then we'll let David talk more about it. Yeah, absolutely. So um. I think I was trying to figure out what, what genre it was because it felt familiar. 
um mm-hmm. and then yeah. um mm-hmm. i then it then made sense to me that it was sort of like chill pop so i was like i'm gonna try and confirm if it was like the whole chill pop vibe because there's there's Same. sometimes when i want to like read study or i don't know when it was but i stumbled upon like a chill pop like playlist um mm-hmm. on youtube at some point and it's just the a different kind of vibe right like i I like to describe Mm -hmm. the kind of music i like as intentional that you know not just the lyrics but even the beat itself like if you stripped out everything you know from the song and it was just the instrumentals Mm. playing you would still feel yourself going on a journey and you know feeling a story being told Mm. um so yeah so i think that that was that was the first that was was first vibe that i got um and then obviously like a couple of tracks like stood out then I was trying to like figure out because the people obviously use their albums to like tell stories and it's about mm. something. This one feels like it's about um, your relationship or the journey towards a relationship with someone. Maybe just a few songs, but I guess mm. you'll confirm if it's wrong. Obviously, there was one, <laughs> there was an interlude in there that sort of like gave it away. I clogged that of. too, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I there, was a, the, there was an interlude there that sort of like gave it away a bit. Um, and then... Yeah, pretty much. That's my initial thoughts. A couple of other questions, but that that was kind of like mm. my initial vibe listening to it. Um, really hey, enjoyed um, LMK, um, and then yeah, that one really stood out. And then Amor, why did you why do you hold back? Which one was Bro, the one? We're on the same wavelength right now. As in, <laughs> that's that's on my list of favorites. That I wrote down. Yeah, hey. but which one was the one where sort of like you, it, it was a kind of like an interesting trick because. It was ending, and then it kind of like started to play in a bit of reverse, sort of. Yeah, was, yeah. was that was that a more? That was, wa- yeah, that was a more wider. Uh, okay, back. all right, yeah, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that one, like, I like thinking about obviously because I kind of make beats as well. So I'm just trying to think about the process of deciding to do that and the execution mm. and stuff like that beyond even just the track and everything itself. But yeah, yeah. I, I'll shut up now before I go on. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate I, that. I think I, I think like your your comments mirror mine as well um first of all i i think i the first time i listened to it i was i was thinking what what genre is this like <laughs> because like naturally when you listen to stuff you, you want to immediately place it in yeah. something in your head it's like a natural human yeah. instinct mm-hmm. but i just thought because i played in the car and then when i got mm-hmm. home from from football okay, I, I, I played in the shower as well i was jamming like, i was just like jamming like mm-hmm. like okay so i think my, my, my first impression was like it was a very very it felt very very like mature okay for i won't, I won't say your age but like I was, I was i was i was i was very very impressed bro no i was very impressed because like there was Thank no you. there was no like there was no background to make me know that you can create this like mm. i had not seen anything i mean i've been to, your, to old jam so like i've been to like um I'm listening close. Um, the yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah, earlier yeah. ones. Um, Jeez, OG. Ble- OG is, is, is it bless, bless or blessed? Or what's the what's the, what's the one you read? one of the first one? Bless. Oh, listen. Um, breaking news. Breaking news. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, breaking, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OG. So, so I think like this one, as we said, and then it dipped. It dipped after that. Actually, this is more like a chill pop vibe, mm. and. Also, when I then moved from like my speakers to my earphones, it was a different experience yeah. again. Hey, you got it, bro. Come on. It was not. Yeah. And I'm yeah, going to like yeah, a different yeah. world. And I think mm. Let Me Know was the first one that hit me that yeah. I began to sing along to. And that's mm. how I know. That's how I know that I, I like song has gotten me when I'm singing along yeah. to you without knowing. Let yeah. me know how you feel. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is cool. 
And then yeah. obviously, I, I, and I like Amo as well because of the sample as well. I didn't see that mm. coming at all. Yeah. Um, I didn't see that coming. And then I also love, um, what's the last one? Uh, Sunrise. Sunrise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunrise yeah, yeah. is good as well. Um, I, I also love, I mean, I think, I think about albums is that when you listen to albums over time, your favorites also change. Changes. And yeah, I don't know about you guys. So, yeah. so, so, yeah. so for, for my start, it's definitely those, those three for now. And mm. also, I also like the album cover because hey. it, ju- it just seemed like, it just seemed so fresh. Like there was <laughs> intention. So wait, anyway, let me pause now. Just let me let you give us the lowdown on the album. So yeah. new album titled Amor, which means love mm. in Greek. Mm. Is it Greek? I believe in different translations, like French and Spanish, it has the same kind of. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Amor new album, congratulations, bro. Um, really, Thank really you. well done. I think it has about how many, how many songs? Uh, uh one, two, three, songs. 12 songs. 12, and it's good yeah, because yeah. like, they're also like not short. It's actually like a three minute average mm-hmm. kind of length. Um, mm-hmm. so again, that's also massive as well. Um, Thank you. So why now and why Amor? Yeah, so I mean, firstly, thank you for like you know the comments and for even listeners that really, I know, bro, really it's means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with this with this project for me with music, I always just like creating based on the space that I'm in. So my early stuff, breaking news. I remember that song was based on like what I was learning in uni about like war crimes and stuff like yeah. that. So this one came from that. This project was a lot about kind of me getting into a relationship, um, kind of falling in love and just exploring what romance is, <clears throat> but more like a personal level. Um, so over like the past year, even like, I'm, I love like hip hop, but I also love like neo soul, R&B. And I've been listening to that like a lot more over like the past couple of years. So even in terms of the style of music that I want to create, it's definitely leaned more into like more, you said like chill, sometimes even lo-fi kind of mm. kind of vibes, which I feel like naturally suits my voice and my temperament to a degree as well. But just falling back into that space. So when it came to creating these songs, at first it wasn't like I was trying to create an album. It's like, let me just make songs as I normally do. Mm. Um, as I continued, I kind of felt there was like a theme between a lot of the songs. Um, so I think an early version of this project was a lot shorter, but it had a bulk of the songs that really just reflected what does it feel like to fall in love and how does that change how you see life? Mm. Which is really what Amor is about. It's about love. It's about the ups and the downs of that and about just what it feels like for a human being. And I wanted it to sound like that, not just lyrically, but also with the instrumentation. Hence the beats just have a lot of like a softer, easy listen. And even you mentioned about listening experience. I love, I'm more of a headphone person when it comes to music. I listen to music more so by myself. So I really wanted to create even with the songs like a feeling that you can get listening to headphones that was just very intimate and it's like some of the harmonies and stuff hit a lot better when you listen to it on like a headphones or earphones so that again those things were kind of off the back of me listening to, to music like children of zeus um hawk house just music that i love that's like hip-hop but also soul mm. like again i always love bars i want to keep rapping that's always going to be there but i really wanted to experiment more in this project with like singing and working with other like of my talented friends who also are really really good at what they do yeah kind of fusing those worlds together um the story that the project really has again is like from the first track just kind of a character dreaming of what it's like to fall in love with somebody having let that track let me know kind of meeting that person and then a more hold back is almost that kind of like that point of like a more is you discovering that you really like somebody 
and then why do I hold back um, is really just realizing that you're a flawed individual and like you can't give enough to a relationship in and of yourself. And that was kind of me even discovering about like how there's things that have happened to me in the past, which I'm still trying to work through and it's affecting how I'm loving this individual. Mm. So even if my girlfriend now, it's like, it's amazing. But I find myself at times like realizing there's things I haven't like necessarily fought through or dealt through in my past and it's stopping me from being more open and more intimate in certain ways mm. so that song really just like it's almost a switch off that of the project and it now transitions into like the more introspective side like sunrise is about learning to let go of situations and just letting life be uh, and then other songs just exploring about like maybe losing somebody and how that how that affects how you feel mm. and then kind of just ending on a note of how you know take me back just kind of reminiscing on the good times with somebody wanting to go back to that place of just almost being carefree in, in a relationship and not feeling overwhelmed with what you have to do, what you shouldn't have to do. Um, but yeah, that project is really just about, I guess, again, it's just reflective of my life over the past year or two um, and just exploring different themes. Um, but even with like the song, Let Me, um, Why Do I Hold Back? That the, originally it was just like the first half was just a more, a friend of mine produced the beat. And I just thought, let me just see if I can flip it and try and find other pockets in the song. So I reversed the song and then just found this whole new beat emerged. I was like, oh my gosh, let me try and write <laughs> to this. So that was just me trying to write a more introspective, kind of hard-hitting, self-reflective piece about what it feels like to, to hold back and not know why and kind of delving into that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was really fun to create. It was definitely ups and downs, like stressful at times. But <laughs> um yeah that's that's really in a nutshell the story of the project no that's amazing I, I'm, it's amazing to hear the story behind it and i feel i actually feel really i think this is the first time i'm, I'm ever like speaking to somebody create an album and hear mm. hear mm. it i mean you watch interviews but it's different yeah. when you're actually hearing it mm. in first person and mm. i think i'm not gonna lie when i first heard the when i first heard the album i did not think it to be a romantic um background album so yeah. i think that's why it took me a while to deep like wait is david singing about like <laughs> do you know what i i like that i feel like this is, it's definitely a product that will catch people off guard it caught me, it caught me off guard it did yeah, that's, catch that's, me off guard. i'm happy it does that because i know more time i don't i've touched on, on relationships in certain songs or features but it's not like a central part of my music yeah but mm. for me leading to our early discussion about tension I want to be someone that creates music that I believe is on my heart to create and not just do what I think people want me to, to hear. Because mm. if I made the album which I think people wanted me to hear, it will still sound good. I have songs for like another project, for example, which I think is more for Dave Creates album, but I wanted to take a risk because for me, I've always enjoyed trying different sounds um, and seeing what can come from that. But also as a writer, being willing to be vulnerable with what I'm going through. So I'm happy that I it did catch you off guard and I believe it's a product that you have to kind of sit with more to like fully understand certain things of it and the sound but that's that's almost been a thing that's been scary because I'm like what if someone hears this and it's just not what they expect and they don't like mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. but I have just had and have to be willing to put myself out there and knowing that those who need to hear it is it's gonna you know what I'm saying be what it needs to be for them yeah but yeah. you know I'm very glad you put yourself out there because I think it took me when I heard like three songs back to back. I realized, okay, no, this is this is actually about somebody. You are making references mm. to a relationship to a person. And I thought, wait, it's it's not what I expected. It actually <laughs> is. It it is it is that. So, do you have a favorite from the album? Are there any song oh, that geez. speaks to you the most? 
I know it's Bro, a difficult question to ask. That's not a question. Um, uh. or, or was there anyone that, that when you were recording was the most surprising or most difficult? Anyone that stands think, out in any way? I think they've all been at one point my favorite track. Like, I, so I started creating the first track. The first track came, started about 20, 2019, during the first pandemic, was when one of the first tracks was started. Mm. I recorded most of it, like, the first half of last year and finished it pretty much last like the start of this year so mm. it's been a long some songs i've been sitting with for time others are kind of relatively new but they've all for me had that moment of like yeah i really really love this song um i think a noble track i feel like the song are you down i believe it's track three that yep. that was funny that like my friend literally sent it to me the beat like one night and i heard it i was like yo this is this is sick i love the chill vibe of it started like making voice notes and writing to it and by the next morning or afternoon i sent him like most of the track so that one came together really quickly and it was just like for me a confirmation of how like some songs take a while to write and again some songs on this project took a long time to come together for different reasons but others have had a more effortless feel and i just learned to like not try and overthink everything mm. like a lot of these songs i just kind of created in how i felt in the moment i didn't want to be too meticulous with like the writing i just wanted it to kind of flow based on how i felt but I knowing that I was still able to create something that had substance. So the project really showed me the art of sometimes just mm. letting yourself create, like don't overthink stuff. There are times you need to think deeply about it, but I wanted this tape to be more of like a, 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 a not say easy listen, but a song that has depth over time. But even if you heard it the first time, it still has a level of like, okay, I can vibe to this. So. Yeah, but I don't know. I want to say I have one favorite. Like we'll hit. Yeah, I, different times, yeah, so. yeah. That to be fair, I think I, I think I think I, tr I tried to pick a hole there, but I, I I'm I'm, so, I'm not surprised you had battle of favorite. It's gonna be hard to pick one. Um, yeah. but let let me pick let me pick another hole. Um, not mm -hmm. holding the album, but like holding in what you're saying. <laughs> it's, cool, um, it's cool. Like so, you you mentioned romantic interest. I mean, we spoke about that. I <laughs> mentioned you have yeah. a girlfriend now. So, mm -hmm. is this is this song about your current relationship? And like, is, is, is sorry, is, are there, is there one more about your, your relationship right now and reflecting to the past? Or you also, or you also make references to past romantic relationships or the other relationships they're speaking about beyond just romantic relationships? Yeah, so this project is a, to be honest, is a mixture of like past and present experiences. Um, so I'm in a great relationship now. It's, my, it's been my first relationship. But before I've had experiences with other people. Come on, man. Crazy guy clapping. Oh, my God. Mate, you know me. Toby, 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 you know, you know me. You know I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an advocate for the brothers. When we settle down, maybe not, maybe not that deeply, as they always say, yeah. but, but you get what I'm trying to say. All right? Because, like, the streets, the streets are... Hard. quite hard um, <laughs> and, and if, if, if you can find like like mutual love it is good for real it's amazing yeah, it's what it's worth celebrating it's cool i appreciate yeah. you man i appreciate you <laughs> yeah um but yeah like some of the songs were about like maybe previous experiences i've had um and even some songs aren't even about anyone in particular just mm. about my feelings about love mm. and um thoughts about how i'd want a relationship to be at a point in time so it's really just kind of drawing the line between those things. Like as I write, I like to draw my life experiences, experiences of others sometimes, and just even how I how I imagine things might be. Um, but ultimately, I can listen to this song, this project, and it really relates to where I am right now, which is great. Um, and I know that in the future as well, there'll be new experiences which I'll be able to kind of relate to 
his products for other stuff as well. Mm. Um, but it's really like a combination of different experiences in life. That's amazing. And how about the features? Because um, I think somebody there sounded familiar. I'm not sure who she was. I don't know if it was... Um, was that Rachel Davina or... Okay. What's the other girl's name? Um, the, the, the True B. Yeah, True B. Yeah. So, I, I mean, True B, we worked together on a song called Transform, which we put out last year, I believe. What does the B stand for? Um, her surname, I believe. Okay, so, so, yeah. so it's not who I think it is. Um, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but like yeah. the features, like, so how, how was that compiled? Was that just a case of um, they wanted to work with you or like did you choose them? How, how did that work? Yeah, so I feel like I'm very blessed to know a lot of amazing, like talented creatives. So everyone here is like friends that I know. Some of the songs came together of like, say to let me know with, with True B. Um, I had like the demo I was working on, my boy produced like a demo of the track. I was kind of just like writing to it, trying to get some ideas. And we're just chatting as we do, like just catching up one time. I was like, okay, I got something for you, which I think you might like. Mm. I showed it to her and she really liked the song. And she jumps in it and kind of went from there. Um, some rides with my friend Elmarie. Um, we've been working together for like time. Like we started making music together ages ago. So again, that was the thing of I'd made a demo of the track and I really felt a voice suited the vibe. For me, when it comes to collabs, I always try and feel like who has a tone that I think fits well on this song. Mm-hmm. Who, wants to, who can do something on this song that I feel would work. Um, and Elmarie had that for that song. Even Rachel as well. Um, I think Rachel was an amazing singer, but also in how she can arrange like harmonies and her vocals. And with Take Me Back, I wanted to, I wanted to have someone on the track that could really like bring another level of like, um, just like arrangements and vocals to the track, which she did. Um, and even how the intro of, of the album is really just taken from the bridge of that last song. And I just loved how it sounded a cappella. So mm. we can just put it at the start. Ah, the true. It's, that. it's actually. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. didn't dip that to be fair. Yeah, ah. so like, kind of gives the product almost like a, a full circle. Full circle, yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. So ah, yeah, I feel like yeah, stuff like that. Again, <laughs> but I feel like as you listen to the product more and more, like you have to pick up certain things that are, that are there. So yeah, yeah, that's sick. But again, shout out to everyone else on the project too. So like my boy so, RJ, beloved. So how about the the artwork? Um, because mm. I, I really like it. It's also so it's got flat so for anybody who's just listening it's an artwork um the background I, i'm not sure what color i'll call this because i know the colors are quite specific um it's it's a it looks like a blend between orange and pink mm. flowers around your peach. face your kind of like peach. peach is that peach dark i would pink? say pink but it's pink. somewhere around yeah that. Yeah. yeah it's around yeah. that it's around that place <laughs> um but is, what's the idea behind the artwork is does it signify something yeah, so interestingly, the arc, it wasn't even meant for this specifically. Mm. So shout out to my friends, Helen and Hannah. They have like their creative platform called Agile Art. And um, they'd asked me to be a part of like a kind of a shoot that we're doing, which was exploring um, kind of black people in that diaspora um, mm. and just kind of like growth and emergence and what it meant to kind of fit in into like a new space. So um, I was one of the models and my friend Anthony was a model as well and we did this amazing shoot like I just loved like everything about it just in terms of like again having the flowers there and just kind of exploring intimacy and different things um, so yeah like we did that shoot separately that was for a project that she was working on and as I was putting together the album I was like 
I was trying to think of different ideas of what we could have for the artwork. And I was like, wait, we just did this shoot. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just worked so well, like just with everything about it. And for me, the deeper meaning of it is how like, you know, the whole expression of wearing your heart on your sleeve or like flowers, rep- as a guy, like guys aren't necessarily, like it's not a masculine thing to have flowers yeah. on your face, mm-hmm. but it almost represents like a vulnerability and almost like just showing what's inside mm-hmm. your heart and putting it out on display. And this product is about like being vulnerable about love and romance and kind of putting it on display for somebody to see. So it's almost like how you give someone a bouquet of flowers. Like artwork is almost like me giving myself to somebody saying, hey, this is my heart. This is how I feel about you. Mm. Like, would you, would you take it or not? So there's a lot of duality, a lot of different meanings it has. But for me, that's one thing that stands out for the artwork, just vulnerability mm. um, and just that kind of expression. Because I saw it as well. And I, and I think first I thought about when I saw it was healing, actually. That's what I came mm. to my head, healing. Okay. And I think that was, also because the material of the outfit because it looks like linen mm. kind of like loose linen but like the, the headscarf as well yeah. and you know like whenever you watch um like shows or like this centers for healing and mostly like masculine healing or healing from not like old school rehab nature kind of healing they always have these materials on and then I so I think mm. that that's what I kind of thought but I think that also links kind of to vulnerability as well being vulnerable about what things you've gone through and people you've encountered and journey of life and you know and no I, I and i think it's a very very nice piece of work and and shout out Thank to you. to into the two girls you mentioned as well who who, who ran the show i think it's definitely it's, it's really really good um how so earlier you mentioned the case of uh when you get a beat like this is like do you do you record before it beats or do you mm. record after you have a beat or you write something for a beat or, and what decides that creative process? Yeah. So normally I love to hear the beat first. Always. Obviously I can, I can write and do spoken word, but for me, when it comes to writing music, I love to hear the beat because that actually gives a whole nother context. I see writing to beats almost like a conversation of like, I hear what the beat is saying and I almost talk back. So a lot of songs is like, I hear it and I'm like, okay, what does this feel like? Um, try and get a flow or a melody and then from there I kind of piece the words together mm. so normally that's just my process like hearing the song and just seeing how I'm feeling from that and then going off of that vibe um, I find that to, for me to work really well um, some songs I've like so even one song one of the songs on this project it was for, it was on another beat originally but I had to switch the beat out um, but it worked in a sense I gave my friend the acapella of my vocal and he just built a beat around the vocal so i don't do that as much but times i've done that it's still been effective but i just personally like to like write to a track and like let almost the mood of that track dictate how i approach it lyrically as well mm-hmm. which i think is important that's cool actually i yeah because I, I i just couldn't visual, visually picture how that works and maybe before we wrap up toby i'm curious what's where what kind of what kind of vibe or environment would you play some of the songs you heard so like if you're just gonna add it to a playlist on your phone, where would that go to you? Um, so like I said, it fits a, a bit into sort of like that lo-fi um chill pop category, which mm. I would usually play when um I need I need to feel something, but I don't want it to pull me away completely from I guess what I'm doing at the moment, right? Mm. Uh, but it's also the kind of thing that I would add to a playlist that I would make for someone, right? Because obviously each song kind of like has a message. Um, mm. And I tend to like to build playlists that 
yes you can jump and down but i want you to hear the words as well and yeah. you decide what you want to do with those words either you're imagining it's me <laughs> saying it to you or if i'm calling reference to something else i'll leave that to you to decide but yeah, yeah it'll kind of feature in in those kinds of like playlists for me as well um mm. and honestly like I'll, it'll probably feature on playlists that i put on my uh phone when i'm riding um mm. particularly my early morning rides as well um because it kind of like it, it, there's a rhythm to it as well that can definitely help with with i guess how i like to feel when i take my rides so yeah that's how i'll answer your question it's funny i said right because because for me i was thinking i'll put in playlists where if i'm driving i'm moving alone at night mm. Mm. and and i don't want to be too absent but only present but i want some companionship but i'm alone and there's like 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 you no know, like like imagine like you're driving on terminal bridge mm. at nine lagos like 12 a.m and it's empty that kind of vibe you play in the car yeah you know, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the winds down um but yeah <laughs> yeah i think i think i think i think yeah i think anybody listening once you hear the album i think you get you get our gist um but Dave, before we wrap up, what do you think, what do you hope happens with um, what the future of the album? What are you looking forward to next? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to just, you know, seeing people's reactions. When, I work, when you work on for such a long time, it's just like, I only, I've heard it for, for, for a, a minute, or I've had people have heard different songs, but not heard the whole thing yeah. back to front. So it's nice to hear you guys speak on it because like, wow, things <laughs> I had in my mind, you're saying. So just stuff like that is really, really cool. You know, obviously I wanted to go far and wide, but ultimately to go deep, I want people to be able to sit with it over time for years to come and to still be able to like pull different things from it. My favorite music I've been able to sit with for time and as I've got older, it speaks to me differently. And with my art, I want it to be something that people can sit with and over time as they mature the music matures with them mm. um and even for like people whether you're christian or not to be able to find stuff in there about life about christ about your own journey and to make an impact that way i think you know that would be fantastic and ultimately just to help to continue doing music to continue enjoying music and open up new doors and new collaborations you know that would always be amazing so amen to yeah. that Thank you. Amen Thank to you. that. No, bro, honestly, yeah. I just, it, it, once again, big congratulations from myself and from Toby as well, I'm sure. Um, this, this cannot be, this could not have been an easy work. Like, we started the chat by saying how we tried to do one verse many years ago. I know how hard that was. And like, you have, you have about 12 tracks there about and, you know, with different kind of messages, lyrics. And it's amazing. I think... You can anybody anybody who knows music who listens to music a lot knows the kind of quality this would be. Which which is why my comment was this feels very advanced, like wow. you, you know, for 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 what I for, for, for what I was expecting. So big ups to you, bro. Um, I'm, I'm you. sure the future is bright, regardless of how it looks. Um, I've, we've been there since day one, since breaking news. We we'll continue to be there. Come on, come <laughs> on. Nah, honestly, man, that's a day one. Day one. <laughs> that's a day one. That, that's, that's a day one track. And yeah, and 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 I just hope that everything light just keeps shining, Thank and you. we keep dealing with all the um, pressures and everything that life tries to throw at us, and we keep winning from that. Um, yeah. But yeah, any last words for everyone listening, and for anyone who might be thinking about becoming a creative, for anyone who wants to bump mm -hmm. your album. Any last words for anyone at all you may, you just want to share? Yeah, oh gosh, I would say like just 
whatever you're doing in life, always make time for rest. Always make time to to enjoy what you're doing. You know, if you're a Christian, make time for Christ every day. I think all that we do flows through him. So it's important that we keep him at the center. As much as we have these gifts and talents and platforms, if we lose sight of him, we lose sight of everything. So mm. I think keeping him at the center and knowing that we can have a we can enjoy our lives as hard as it is, you know what I mean? Cost of living, all of these things. It's like we can still <laughs> we can still find joy. And I'm still battling to find it every day. But I know that it's, it's there. Mm. Um, you know, I I hope that you know you guys continue to do your thing and shine a light. Mm. Um and just for all of us to keep on persevering. Um for me, if you want to follow my journey, I'm on Instagram, Twitter at I am Dave Creates. My music is on all streaming platforms. Just search Dave Creates, all one word. Um, but yeah, I'm grateful to even connect with you guys and just chat. Like that's a blessing in itself. You know what I mean? That like, we could have this platform to talk. Yeah. Um, so it's encouraging, and I appreciate you guys for having me on today. Now, 100. We're equally happy to have you on as well. We'll put a link to the album in the description as well when we drop the episode, so that Thank people you. can just have a click away and bump to it after listening to the episode as well. Um, but yeah, um, David, thank you so much. Toby, any last words? No, just, yeah, great to always pick the mind of, of a creative. And obviously, I don't think this is the last of our interactions. And so, yeah, look yeah, forward. Maybe, yeah, maybe sometime in future, you drag skinny hey. girls onto a track. Mate, I want you to go up, not down. So I, I, um, I, I don't think I'm the person to bring on your track. Yeah, what do you mean? We can make a new, a, a new sort of like theme for the podcast, but then that has our voices on it. There's a lot we can do. There's a lot uh, of things to yeah. stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I dig that. Yeah. I dig that. We'll think yeah. about that. We'll think about yeah. that. Yeah. No worries, man. Yeah, right, David. Cool, thank cool, you so much. Yeah. Have a good night. And it's late thank as you. well. And um, Toby, thank you as well. And to everyone listening, thank you so much. And goodbye, everybody. All right. Cheers, guys. Bye. Cheers. And now a personal note to you, our listeners, to you listening right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Yellow Pill Podcast. Now we know that in our culture of 30-second content and quick sound bites, it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer-form discussions. So regardless of what brought you here, we are grateful for your time. Do give us a five-star rating and review if you like this episode. Also be sure to continue the conversation with your friends, your family, and your colleagues. Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday, but don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Pill Pod on Instagram and at Yellow Pill underscore pod on Twitter to stay in touch with us during the week. Once again, folks, thank you for taking Yellow Pill with us today. I'm your co-host Wally as always, and right next to me is Toby, and we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time. Peace and love, people. Peace and love.